Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365 day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Lindergaard making Forrest back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to the second edition of the Glover's Cast sub-series, that is the Glover's Past, where we dig out the football players that you, the Glover's Cast listeners, want us to talk to and have a chat with them about their Yeovil Town career. I'm delighted to say that I'm not alone on the call tonight. Uh, one other third of the Glover's Cast, Dave Coates, joins us. Dave, say hello. Hello, Dave. Now, um, with the greatest of respect, Dave, you're not the main attraction on this occasion. I'm delighted to welcome a player who was actually never contracted to Yeovil Town FC and is probably one of the most highly thought of players to have never been contracted to Yeovil Town FC. It is a man who went on to play 64 times, I think it was, in the green and white and ended up representing his country on four separate occasions He might never have been our player properly, but it feels like he was one of our own. I'm delighted to welcome Sean McDonald to the Glovers cast. Sean, how are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, thanks for asking me to come along and giving the opportunity to speak to the Glovers fans uh, once again. Not a problem at all. We really appreciate you for just to peel back the curtain a little bit. It's quite late on New Year's Eve evening and Sean has given up his time for us this evening. So we are really, really grateful. We want to talk to you, like I said, sort of in the intro there. We ask our listeners and the people that visit our website, who, what, what stories do you want to hear? What, what, who do you want to hear from? And time and time again, your name comes up. And it's not necessarily a, a strange thing because of, of how well you played for us and, and what you did with us when you were here. But you were never our player. <laughs> you were only ever on loan. And we'll get stuck into the, the loans and the repetitive nature of those loans in a little minute. But I'd like to start by rewinding to 2009. You were 
in and around the Swansea first team, something of a, a dream for you to be in that Swansea side. I would imagine you played a few times, you'd been in a few different sort of managerial changes and all the rest of it. Why did a loan deal come about? And then why Yeovil more than anything? So for me, I, uh, I was very young making my, my debut. It was a thing in, in, in Swansea. And when I was coming through, uh, you know, back in the day, it used to be reserves. So I was a young lad playing with, with obviously the, the men, as we're now, it's like a, it's 23s now, isn't it? It's not really any kind of reserve reserve teams. Um, so I, I, from a young age, I think I was about 16, I was playing in the reserve team. And then we had a Welsh, we had a, a Welsh Cup. Um, it's called the FEW Cup. And I was getting opportunities in there when I was 16. So <clears throat> I was stepping up into the first team and playing in them games. And, and I was performing well for my age. And then um, obviously things kicked on quite quickly from there. I ended up making my debut in, uh, in one of the... Another cup came, the EFL Cup, I think it was at the time, uh, red in a way. Um, and then I was like a in and an out kind of player by the time I was 17. So, um, and obviously, as you touched on, it was a dream for me coming through, uh, you know, the, the development at Swansea and, and having family, a local boy. And my dream was to play for Swansea. So, um, you know, it could probably come sooner uh, than I thought it would. But, um, you know, I worked I worked hard to get to that point. And then um, for whatever reason, I... Uh, I got to an age where being in and out of the squad wasn't enough for me. I needed to play regular football. And, um, you know, another another player who was with me at the time at Swansea, Darren Way, you know, you, you all know very well. Um, I'd gone back to Yeovil uh, by the time I had joined Yeovil, but uh, it was around the time he, he had a really bad accident. I never forget mm. it. And um, he, had, he had called me from hospital, I think, saying, uh, would I fancy a loan move? And, um, Russell Slade was the manager at, t- at the time, and, and I think Skibble was po- possibly the assistant. Um, so, so for me, it was it was one of them where my first proper move away. I didn't want to be going too far. Um, Darren, Daz, Daz way was 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 pushing the move, um, and it was just something uh, that that I, I needed really, and. Um, you know, looking back now, it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me signing for Yeovil because you know I, I played I played every game. You know when I was fit. Um, you know I had such a good bond between you know the club and the fans. Um, and and looking back, I think we had you know some real real good players. And you know not just myself, mm. we had some really good loan players. Looking back at, at my time with Yeovil, and you know we we always done done the club proud. I, I'd like to think. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we were going to ask you about Darren Way because we noticed the two of you being at the same uh, same time. I mean, he, he he sold the club to you, did he? He, he obviously, you know, like you say, a legend uh, at Yeovil for his his playing career. He 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 sold it to you, did he? Yeah, it, it wasn't really it wasn't really much to sell, to be perfectly honest. Um, you know, I was looking for a local club where I could go and play football, and Yeovil being in League One at the time. Um, and I think they had some kind of little link going on at the time with Swansea anyway. So maybe that maybe that made made my de- my decision a little bit easier. Um, but I never forget my first game. I think it was um, I'm pretty sure it was Huddersfield or it was one of them decent yep. teams. Yep. You're absolutely home. right. It was Huddersfield, and we were just going to say you made a great start because you scored. Yeah, well, you I, your debut. I never forget. I I, I signed on on that morning, and then for whatever reason we managed to get international clearance and stuff and I drove straight down on the day uh, on a minibus with uh, Lake, a guy who, who looked after the, the players at, at Swansea and 
you know, my mum and my uncle come because my dad couldn't come. He had to look after my brother and my, and my two uh, sisters at the time. So my dad stayed with a with a family, and my mum jumped on my my uncle, who was quite I'm quite close to at the time, and uh, supported me throughout my career. We all jumped on a minibus, drove up. I stopped at the service at a quick bite to eat, got there, and then we managed to win that game one 0 So it, it was the perfect start for me, really, and I obviously scored. So I think from there from there onwards, I uh, I enjoyed you know for you know many loan spells after that as well. Uh, um, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed my time at Yeovil, and it was a massive uh, part of you know starting my career off. Really, I was having a little look at the uh, the team from that day, and there are some seriously good players. Mm-hmm. A little quiz question, maybe more for the listeners rather than you, Sean. Do you remember yeah. the other loanee that made his debut on that day alongside you? You went on to both have international careers, but had very different Yeovil careers. Do you remember the mm-hmm. other loanee? Played up front from Derby. Yeah, I was going to say it was a lad from Derby, wasn't it? Yeah, Ale- Alexander. See- Alexander Priyovich. Yeah, that's right. He didn't stay that didn't stay that long, did he? No, he he was also a month loan, I think, alongside you. And then we just never saw him again. He's gone on to have a very good career. He's played Champions League, he's played internationally, he's done very well. But it's one of those little things when you're looking at squad lists and going, Oh yeah, I remember him as well. Um No one's ever asked us to interview him. On no, the, uh, we, no, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's Maybe you will now. Maybe you will. <laughs> we'll try and dig about. We'll struggle that. to find him, I think. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask, your first loan spell with us was only a month. It's something that I kind of not overlooked, but it was just the four games. You scored in two of them. You scored away at Peterborough in a very good win as well. Um, but then you went back to, to Swansea and carried on playing. Did you think that that was... It? Did you think that you were going to go back and be part of the, the Swansea first team or did you kind of feel like your first foot was out the door? I think because it was my first loan move away from Swansea and I was already in and out of the squads of Swansea, I thought maybe going and get a month's games and proving I'm good enough to play at, at that level would, would maybe give me an opportunity at Swansea. So that was my thinking at the time. And, you know, the, the month loan the month loan deals are no longer, you know, they, they're not possible anymore, are they? But apart from maybe 23s. Yeah, youth loans and stuff. But yeah, but yeah um, at that moment in time, we could do a month loan, then come back. Uh, so, you know, I went and played four or five games in a month, done well, thinking and maybe if I go back to Swansea, I'll, I'll have my opportunities and play regular football. Um, so that was my plan, but that didn't seem to happen. Uh, and that was my reason for, you know, coming straight back to Oval, you know, four or five times after that. Um, you know, as I've said, and I touched upon already, I had a really good bond with the fans. You know, I mm. felt like uh, felt like the fans enjoyed watching me as much as I enjoy playing for them. So, you know, it was a no-brainer, really, to, to constantly come back and, and play as many games as I could. Yeah. And, and there were, I mean, there's some experienced heads in that Yeovil side you played with, the likes of Paul Warren and, and, and Nathan Jones. I mean, was that part of the appeal, being a, a young player, you know, coming into the game, learning from those players who, you know, both gone on to be great managers in, the, in their own right? I mean, did you learn a lot from that? Was that all part of the experience? For me, um, at the time, it was such a, a good uh, squad there. As I said, you know, we, we were made up of loans who were very talented, a lot of the players who come in. Um, and then we had, a, you know, a, a mixture of experienced heads, as you've touched upon. And, you know, they wanted to help all the younger lads who were coming in on loan. And, um, you know, I really felt that was you know, a massive help for me at the time, looking back now. And um, as you've said, you know, Nath Jones, who I've had a really good relationship throughout my career, um, and always kept in touch with have uh, gone on to do really well as a manager and I think that's no surprise to anyone and another one Warney um, Paul Warren um, he was another one we lost con- 
contact after after the yoga days, but then we ended up getting back in contact with each other uh, over the last five, six years. And, um, you know, I ended up playing under him as a manager. Um, and he's probably one of the, you know, best human beings I've ever met. Uh, I can't speak highly enough of, of Warney. And I think anybody who meets him, um, you know, has not got anything bad to say about him. So, you know, from a from family point of view and from a, an human being, I can't speak highly enough of a poor one. You've um, you've touched it a few times. The fact that we had to rely hugely on loans um, to sort of build our squads together. But some of the loans we did have. I'm just looking now. Your first game back of your second spell, two 0 win over Brentford. We had Alex McCarthy in goal, future England international. We had Ryan Mason who went on to the great things that he went on. Stephen Colker ended up playing a lot of Premier League football and a lot of action. Uh, played for his country, of course. And yourself who went on to play for Wales. I mean, that squad now is is outstanding when you look back at it, isn't it? What what do you remember of playing alongside those players? Did you know that those players were destined for international futures? You could tell at the time. Yeah, I think Alex McCarthy was a very well thought of keeper at the time anyway. Um, and he came in and done really well for us. Um, I think, you know, the fans would have seen that as well and, and thought highly of Alex. Um, Ryan Mason was a very talented player and, uh, you know, unfortunately his career got cut short due to a serious head injury, which, you know, is unfortunate. But again, when I speak about all these lads, they're all very down-to-earth, humble lads. So it doesn't surprise me that they went on and, you know, made a career for themselves because they were very hard-working players as well as talented. Um, You've got Cooks, Stephen Corker, who, you know, had an unbelievable career. I'm still playing now in Turkey, I think. Um, Dropped me a message recently, actually, about retirement, which was nice of him. Um, We always knew he would go on and have a really good career. Um, then who else do you mention there? Sorry, uh, it was it was those it was those three and yourself actually. To be honest with you, as internationals from the side, um, yeah. so it it just felt like a side that was was really building as a as a young group having to borrow, and that kind of leads me on to a second question. Really, what what makes a good loan player? Because we have so many loan players, we've had so many over the years, hundreds, literally hundreds, since we've joined yeah. the football league. And 90% of them come and go without so much as a shrug of the shoulders. We kind of go, oh, yeah, that's right. He was a player. But we line up players like yourself, like Stephen Colker, Mason, Townsend, Obika, who, of course, you would have played a little bit alongside of as well. Um, What makes a good loan player? Because it can't be easy when you're not actually a Yeovil player. I think it's the timing of it and the squad you actually have at the club already. As you touched upon, we had, we had Nath Jones, who was, you know, a Yeovil legend. We had Skivel, who was <clears throat> the assistant at the time. We had Daz, who was, you know, all these people I'm naming cared about the club um, and wanted what was best for the club. And I think coming in under them types of players and, and, and staff members, we, you know, we, we, we kept grounded and we knew we had to work hard and, you know, we, we knew if he was going to play, we have to do well to stay in the team. You know, that's no different. But um, like I said as well, the boys who I played with in my in my loan spell at that moment in time, they were already humble lads and they were already, to, you know, ready to put a shift in for the club. And along with that, they did have the talent. So uh, I think I think the mixture of, of the, the players who were already there um, and went to the Oval to do well and then... The lone players who come in, it was a, a real good mixture and a, a good togetherness then. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you've obviously gone on to play for a lot of clubs. I mean, have you ever given any advice to young players about uh, going out on loan, having 
know, telling them what it, it, it did for you. At Yeovil at the moment, we've got quite a lot of, um, uh, you know, young players coming through from Championship and uh, in some cases, uh, you know, Premier League clubs as well. I mean, what what's your advice to any young player who's thinking about uh, leaving a higher division club yeah. to go to a non-league or lower league side? I think it's more difficult now than it was back when I was coming through as well, if I'm being honest, because... Before I signed for Yeovil, I had played in reserve games, which I've already mentioned, you know, with first team players who were men and have already played in the squad. Who was on the fringes of injured, and I'd be, you know, going up and joining that that environment. So I think now it's just 23s for up until you're 21, 22, 23. And the problem we have there, I think, a lot of 23s players these days will get to 21, 22, 23, and then they get released. And because they've not really played any first-team football, it's very difficult for them to to get a you know a, a squad or a team where they haven't had that experience in men's football. So for me, I would say if an opportunity arises, and you know it did for me at Yeovil, but you know I didn't want to be moving up north, which I eventually did anyway. At the time, wasn't ready to go that far away from home. So it's a lot of factors which come into it. You know, I would never I would never push a young lad into going. Uh, on loan to a club they wouldn't want to go to, I suppose. But if they're lucky enough to have options, um, you know, with a, with a team nearby, near home, um, where they've still got home comfort, possibly, um, you know, get up, go and play first-team football. And, you know, it does make you grow up because it made me grow up as well, you know, looking back now. I want to ask about a few individual matches and, and highlights of the club. I think we've got a couple that we're going to nail down, but it, it can't go unnoticed and it hasn't gone unnoticed to the Oval fans. Five separate loan spells at the same place. We think that's a record. We've tried to check. We think Owain Tudor-Jones, your Welsh uh, teammate, would have played four consecutive loan spells and John O'Beaker had four as well, but we cannot find anyone else that got five. Um, why the continual returning? Were there other options or was it just always a nice fit for you to just keep coming back? Did you feel like one of, did you feel like a Yeovil player essentially by the end? Yeah, I did. I did feel like a Yeovil player. Um, and I felt like a Yeovil player because I felt accepted there. I felt like, you know, um, as I've already said, the fans and myself, we had a really good bond. I had a really good bond with the staff, you know, Skivel, Daz, Russell Slade for a short spell. Um, and, <clears throat> We did a, you know, we we achieved our goal every year. We, mm. you know, we went to def, you know finish as high in League One as we could and avoid relegation. And you know, throughout my time there, we always did that, and it was enjoyable. You know, it was an enjoyable experience in terms of we did have different loan players come in, and it was good to meet new people. Um, and you know, and even at my age then, it was good to try and help and and, and advise other loans coming in because I'd been it, I've done it myself. You know, not once, twice, but three or four times, five times, like you've said. So. Um, I think the reason for me to keep going back is because I felt comfortable at Yeovil Town. I felt I felt that we could achieve something, even though we avoided relegation out of League One every year. And I, I kind of liked the the fact of the club was an underdog every year in League One, and, and I enjoyed that challenge. If I'm being honest, um, and most importantly, I, I I just got on really well with the boys at the club and the staff at the club. So um, you know. And, on top of that, the fans were brilliant to me, so I have no any reason not to go back. Yeah. And, and and I mean, if we had to push you for a for a memory, you've already mentioned the goal on your debut, that hat trick um, against Leighton Orient, always um, stands out for a lot of people. Uh, what would be your memory of um, of your time with Yeovil? Probably the hat trick would stand out for me because that that, that was the only hat trick of my career as well. When I looked at it's a proud game, you know, we, we won 5-1, I think, on that day, was it? And 
and we put in a real good performance. Um, but, you know, I do have other games which stand out to me. Norwich, our own, was a 3 all game, and, you know, Norwich yes. come down from the Prem, and, and then we played... They scored on, really late, didn't they? And, yeah. They scored really, really late, late on, didn't they? I think we yeah. scored late, and then they scored yeah. just after again. Mm-hmm. So I remember that being a real a real good game to be involved in. Um, and there's a lot of other games. We played Leeds away. I think we lost Leiber. You know, we, we did play some big clubs, you know, throughout our... our Southampton was another one. I remember playing against mm. Southampton at Irish Park in front of our fans. And um, so there's a lot of games, really, which stand out. But obviously, for me personally, it would probably be the late Orient game away where, you know, I managed to score the attribute for the club, yeah. I've got two questions about that late Orient game. Firstly, <laughs> where's the match ball right now? The match ball right now is... It's in a, it's in a box... Um, in my house, it's, it's, it's in a, like a frame uh, in, in one of my cabinets in, in in the house. So, but we have literally just I've literally just done a move from North back down Swansea. So, ah, um, it's in a box somewhere. He's, he's got it. He's still got it. Don't worry, folks. Yeah. <laughs> but it's safe. It is safe. Don't worry about that. I'm just looking at the team that was on the pitch at the time. You scored them all very early, ninth minute, eighteenth minute, and the penalty was in the forty-second minute on the yeah. pitch at the time. Adam Virgo. Paul Watton, John O'Beaker, and Dean Bowditch. Now, forgive me, Sean, but I don't have you very high up on the penalty-taking list at that point. Did you have to beg it off of? Uh, did you have to beg it off, it's Dean Bowditch? It's a very funny story. This. So, <laughs> I remember I was on two goals, and I, I, I've took a, I've took a couple of plays on. I've tried to cross the ball, and it's hit the lad's arm. So I, I claim, and the ref blows whistle. So I'm on my hat trick. I'm thinking I am taking this pen. No one's taking it off. <laughs> Grab the ball. So Virgs, Adam Virgo, was the penalty yeah. taker. He was the captain, I think, as well, at the day, on the day. He's a big lad as well. <laughs> yeah, he's a big lad. He is. <laughs> so anyway, he says, I'm taking the pen. I'm the penalty taker. I was like, Virgs, I'm, I'm not giving up the pen. I'm having the pen. <laughs> she was like, no, I'm the penalty taker. I'm having it. So he calls a skibble, obviously the manager at the time. He's like, tell him I'm taking the pen. So Skibble says, leaves Virgs take the pen. I was like, no. Nah. I'm taking the pen. I would not give it up. So, so luckily, I stood up when I scored because I would have had a bit of stick on the thing after that if I didn't. But um, it's nice to look back at that and 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 um, and think about the, the confidence I had in myself as a young player. So, I'm, I'm going to say there aren't many players at any age that would stand up to Adam Virgo at that point in his career. So, fair play to you for sticking to your guns and. More, more, fair, more fair play to Virgs. Fair play to Virgs for leaving me ever in the end. You, you made a, you made a real good memory, and uh, uh, you know, for me to look back on. Yeah, definitely. He, he pat you on the back afterwards. Did he shake your hand? Say well done. He did. Yeah, he said. He, I, I can't remember what he said, but he literally <laughs> recently got in contact on Twitter or something, and he said, "Can you remember that pen I left you take?" He reminded me very quickly about it. Yeah. Did he did he sign the match ball through very gritted teeth? Is that what it was? Just a yeah. No, I, I think after the game he won five <laughs> one. You know, I scored a trick. Everyone was happy. Everyone was happy. Are you a Yeovil Town fan? Do you want to help shape the future of Yeovil Town Football Club? The Glovers Trust exists to give Yeovil Town fans a democratic voice in the running of the club. Our aim is to strengthen links between the club and the local community it serves and to engage with as many Yeovil supporters as possible. So join the Trust today and together we can build a stronger Yeovil Town Football Club. To find out more and to become a member, visit glovers-trust.co.uk and follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.
Now, I noted that at the back end of that season, actually, the 2011 season, what would go on to be your final season, you scored against Bournemouth of all sides. Again, Adam Virgo took the penalty this time, but you got a very, very late, late equaliser. Um, I seem to remember we were down to 10 men. Danny Ings scored a couple. What a, what a play he went on to be. Um, did you know eventually at that point that you might end up being on the other side of that coin by signing for Bournemouth? Did you feel like that summer might have been a big one for you for a permanent move? Um, firstly, I didn't mind to leaving Vergs have that penalty at that day. <laughs> 86 um, minutes, 2 nil down. Yeah, you, yeah. you can have that one. <laughs> you can have that one, yeah. Um, I never forget that goal. Yeah, we was down to 10 men. We was a little bit under the cosh, but we was, we was having the right goal. It was like late on. I think it was an injury time header, wasn't it? Mm. I remember the fans going absolutely mad. It was, it was a lovely day there. Um, but no, I, I at that moment in time, I didn't I didn't have a clue uh, that I would sign for Bournemouth that summer, no. Um, and, and as always, my focus was to come back and, and hopefully get an opportunity at Swansea, which in the end never come. But... I was always open to, you know, a move back to Yovo, if I'm being completely honest. And um, to be fair to Yovo, they, you know, they, they, I think they did try to get me back that summer. But um, <clears throat> I just felt that after going back to Yovo for five times and, and probably giving everything I could have and, and the club giving me everything they could have as well, it was probably the right time for me to go and try a new challenge. Um, and luckily for me, Bournemouth, you know, it's a beautiful place to live. You know, I've, I made so many friends down there and had such a successful time. So, you know, I can look back and not regret that decision. We're going to ask you whether there was ever that opportunity to come back to Yeovil permanently or was it just the stars didn't align at the time? No, it was it was definitely um, an opportunity for me to sign permanently for Yeovil that summer, probably. Um, and I'm pretty sure Skibber was the manager then. So we was in, we was in contact throughout that summer. Um, but I just felt it was like I said, it was the right time for me to, to you know, if I was going to sign permanent, go somewhere and, and make a, a good go of it. Um, and, and luckily, like Bournemouth was a wonderful club, and you know, I had wonderful memories and a great, successful time there. Talking about your time at, at Bournemouth, obviously, 2012 13, you do incredible things and get promoted. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, Yeovil got promoted. Did you have half an eye on the playoff final, knowing that you had already done your job. Did you have half an eye on the playoff final, wishing Yeovil would join you into the championship? I've always kept an eye on Yeovil, and I'm the same with all my clubs. I always look back, and you know, with uh, with hope and, and, and um, best wishes that, you know, every club I've played for always go on and do well. And yeah, you're right. I, I remember supporting Yeovil, you know, once I realised Bournemouth were promoted and we were done, my, my next look was obviously looking for Yeovil because I knew they were right near there. And, you know, what an amazing opportunity. And, um, you know, they took it with both hands and uh, it's a great story that, that they got promoted to the Championship that year as well. Yeah. And in that um, first season, so that would have been 13-14, wasn't it, for, for Bournemouth? You, you you played a fair bit, probably a bit less in the, in the second season you were there. I mean, how, how did you find the championship? Uh, you've obviously been there. You, you had played there with Swansea, didn't you, in the, at the championship level by that yeah, point? Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, it's a step up. You know, you have you have players who step down from the Premier League from the days of the championship, and you know, uh, as I did when I was at Swansea, you know, in the championship, coming to Yeovil in League One, you know, a lot of players dropped down to the championship from the Premier League, so it's another step up again. Um, but I don't know. I felt at home in the championship. I always look back and think that um, 
I played a lot of games in League One. I played a lot of games in the Championship, but I, I felt at home in the Championship. So I wouldn't say I felt out of place. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, as I said, I'm one of these people who, who do like to challenge myself. And, and looking back, you know, I, I had successful time at, at, at Bournemouth when, you know, we, we eventually got promoted to the Premier League. So I don't yeah. regret that. You did. You did touch the the Premier League for a few appearances. You obviously played for your country for a few times as well. Um, those moments are sort of dream come true moments, aren't they? For any footballer, how how does it feel making your international debut? Were you at Yeovil when you made your international debut away at Switzerland? Yeah, I would. I probably would have been. It, uh, it was a Switzerland away. Yeah, we was playing in, in Basel and. Um... We were losing the game, I think, uh, maybe 3-1, and I come on like for the last five minutes, and they scored straight away, so we were losing 4-1. But again, I had immense pride that, uh, pride that night that you know I managed to to play for my country. It's everybody's dream, really, isn't it? When they when they start off, you you know my, my two dreams were to play for Swansea and, and to play for Wales, and you know I was lucky enough to do that. Um, unfortunately, probably not not as much as I you know I planned when I was younger, but you know we can't look back and and you know. Think that oh, I wish I'd played more at Swansea, or because I, I went on and had a decent career anyway. You know, I can look back, you know, with men's pride with, with the career I, I managed to have and and the opportunities I, I got given, you know, from from the clubs I played for. The international caps go in the same box as the hat trick ball. Don't worry about that; they all count. <laughs> they all count, Sean. Don't worry about that. Exactly that. I know. <laughs> um, just a little a look forward, really, actually, because we want to talk about your times at, uh, at Wigan and at Rotherham. They were. There's no getting around it, really. They were unfortunately blighted by by injury. Two clubs that, when you joined, everyone thought this is a good signing and, and you're going to do well. But did you break your leg twice? Is that right? Yeah, so, so I had a few injuries at, at, near the end of my time at Bournemouth, really, and I, that probably ended me playing as much as I wanted to. So I was in two minds of leaving the year we got promoted to the Premier League, but then I thought I'd be stupid not to you know give myself uh, a memory and an opportunity to play in the Premier League you know I, I had to I had to stay for another year for, for that reason um, so the the year after you know I, I knew I, I knew I'd probably leave and I, and I did I signed for Wigan um, and I signed under Gary Caldwell where they had a philosophy of how they wanted to play and which was important to me you know where philosophy was always important um, especially the younger I was um, so I met with Gary, met with Gary Caldwell. You know, we we'd spoken and um, felt like the right club. You know, even though I was going from south to north, and it was a you know a, a move miles away from home, but um, it felt the right move at the time. So I I signed I signed a two year deal there, and um, after about a couple of months, we we were performing really well, but results weren't really for us. So so, so Gary Caldwell ended up you know getting the sack and. Brought in another manager, and you know, then it was like, and new players, players wanted to leave, so it was a little bit of that transition of players in, players out, and and I think that probably went against us that year in the first season in the champ because, you know, looking back now, I think if we kept on to Gary Caldwell, we probably would have, I I believe, finished mid table in the champ. So, but <clears throat> for whatever reason, that didn't happen, and um. My reason for signing for Wigan was to play as many games as I could and, you know, start enjoying football again. And um, unfortunately, we were fighting relegation, you know, in the last half of the season, which is always difficult because, you know, pressure builds in games and, you know, as I, I, you need three points, you need results. So, um, but I was still playing every game. So, you know, that, that that's why I signed. And I was doing that. Um, 
but then obviously the last away game of the season, uh, we, I, I broke my leg, yeah, a real bad leg break. Um, did my tip on my fib, you know, compound fractures, the bone come through the skin. So it was a proper bad one. Um, and I was getting married seven weeks after. So I remember the physios run on and I knew I'd break my leg and I'm saying, look, I broke my leg, I broke my leg. And uh, I remember the physio looking in the, his face, like I said it all from mm-hmm. and he did it. But my biggest worry at the time was walking down the aisle seven weeks later. It was not about like, oh, my end of my career or when I'm going to play again. It was just like, like I'm going to walk down the aisle. I need to like get, I need to get, I need to get fit so I can walk like seven weeks time. So that was my biggest worry at the time. Um, but yeah, that that day wasn't a good day. I, I broke my leg. Um, obviously, we got relegated that day. So it was a, it was a, it was a tough one to take that Saturday. Probably the worst Saturday in my career, to be fair. That was your your wife to be's uh, face was in your in your head while you were lying there on the pitch. Were they thinking, "What's he going to say?" The mad thing for me, I was high as a kite, so they rushed me to the back of the ambulance. <laughs> uh, I, was on, I was on everything, and I was trying to ring the wife. Yeah, she was like doing wedding dress shopping or, or dress shopping, bridesmaids or something. Couldn't get hold of her, so she didn't care. Like, but uh, <laughs> she found out in the end. To be fair, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, otherwise, uh, yeah, it was it wasn't a good Saturday there. No, and uh, but like you say, you played forty odd games that season. Obviously, you didn't play at all the season after. And then, uh, was it the, the season after that you went to Rotherham with? Um, and was it Paul Warren that signed <laughs> you there? Yeah, so I was out for about fifteen months all in. Right, I, I come back. I come back after about thirteen months, and I took another setback in, in my first game back, and then I was out for another couple of months. So, you know, all in all, about fifteen months, which is a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously, I, I kind of knew because. We, we, we got relegated while I broke my leg and then they got promoted again right. while I was out for that full season. So I kind of knew that I'd probably have to move on. And, and luckily, uh, you know, Paul Warren um, gave me an amazing opportunity to go and play for the Rotherham United Football Club. And again, um, it was a great move for me at the time because the philosophy of and the identity of playing passing football wasn't really that important to me for that move. It was going somewhere with somebody who knew me as a player and a person, and and I think Warney knew that you know I wasn't a bad lad, and, I, and he knew I'd work hard no matter what. So um, it was the right fit and the right move at the right time for me going with Warney, and you know I'd never be thankful enough for him giving me an opportunity to play for Rotherham because I, I again I had great times there with a great amount of uh, real good people and good players. Now, two of the sides that you are probably most synonymous with, other than Swansea, meet in a couple of, uh, well, by the time uh, people listen to this, in a matter of days. Uh, I'm going to ask you your opinion on the Oval Bournemouth game in a moment, but I just want to touch on what was the end of your professional career, really. You went to Crewe, you played a little bit, not an awful lot, and recently, back in uh, August, September time, you decided to to call it a day. How come the Crewe move came about, and why did it uh, come to an end so soon? So, when we got relegated at, at Rotherham that year, um, we, me and my wife, we, 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 got, we had a little girl, Ruby, anyway, who was now three. Um, she was pregnant again that summer, and he was, due, uh, he was due in June. He ended up coming in 31st of May. So, I was contemplating retiring anyway, if I'm being completely honest with people. Um, but I just wasn't 100% on it. Um, the reason being I carried on is because I had a few options. I was kind of thinking with COVID, being 33, um, 
you know, maybe I won't have any options and that ticks the decision out of my hands then. But I did have options. Um, you know, I had about five or six clubs come in and crew, I met with crew, met with the manager and it just felt like, you know, if I'm going to carry on, that would be the right move for me. Uh, so I obviously signed. I didn't want to leave any of what if I did sign, you know, I'm one of these people who I'd rather give it a go than, than not. Um, so I signed for crew and, and pre-season went well. I was fit. I was strong. Um, real good bunch of boys there. Uh, <clears throat> But I just, I don't know, was, I wasn't happy. Like, I just deep down wasn't happy with the with the full time uh, being away every day. I was commuting still. Uh, you know, we just had a little boy. The, the wife was on her own quite a lot with the two kids. You know, no family support network. And we had a few conversations and it, it just felt like the right time um, for me to be honest with myself, Ray, and be honest with, with Crew Football Club. There's no point in me, you know, messing them around, really, and me not performing to my best of my ability when you know I should have been um so for me uh yeah the reason for, for me calling in it you know a day early on a career was because I didn't want to mess anyone around and um deep down I, I felt like I had to put my family first and we wanted to be near you know near family with with two young children so you know then the reasons I I uh you know I'd spoken to the manager at crew and to be fair you know he, he was very good with with you know what 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 had to be done. It's very honourable and quite honest of you. So yeah, fair play. I hope that's a that's a very nice way to sort of finish talking about the the uh, professional career. However, the bug kept you back. You've you've moved back to Wales now, and you're playing in the Welsh Premier League. Forgive me for the pronunciation here. Pen Ubont, is that right? Or- Penny Bond, yeah. Penny Bond. Yeah. <laughs> is that um, is that just your inability to stay away from the game? <laughs> you know what it. For me, I, f- I still feel like I do have a lot to give. I, I still feel fit. I, f- I still feel strong. And that's probably the frustration, you know, from crew fans. And I completely get that. Um, because when I signed for Penny Bond, there was a few on social media who was like, oh, I thought he'd retire and that. But the the most important thing for me was to get back near home and have a family support network for my kids to grow up and from the see the grandparents, see, see you know, the, the, the bigger family. Um, sometimes supporters of a football club won't understand that because they are you know passionate for the club it, it is what it is I get it 100% so um, so for me moving back home and um, doing what I had to do you know you know it's been done um, and Penny Bond wanted to give me the opportunity which is 20 minutes away 25 minutes away from where I live so it's trained twice a week it's not full time um, so you know it, it felt right for me to you know if I've got something to give still I might as well you know go and and, and give as much as I can for Penny Bond, you know, in the Welsh League. And, and being Welsh, I think it's, you know, a, a, the right thing to do. And, um, you know, hopefully a lot more players can follow, you know, in, in my steps, along with Dave Edwards, who I know have done it, and David Cottrell, who I know have done it. And, you know, it gives, only gives a good name for the Welsh League. So, yeah, them are my reasons for, you know, wanting to go and continue to play for Penny Bond. Yeah. And, and is there, uh, you know, more in football that you want to do? Obviously, like you say, you want to keep playing for as, as long as you can. Are you doing coaching badges? Is that something that appeals to you? Or is there something outside the game that, that you want to do? Or you've not thought that far ahead yet? So for me, I, I do have a lot of people say I should do my coaching badges. And, and I've tried. I have tried once or twice before. But I, I'm one of these people who, and, unless I know I'm going to give 100% and I'm ready to do it, I won't do it. And for me, I think, I just needed that mental, uh, you know, physical break away from football, if I'm being honest, you know, to to think about what's next. And I think going part-time gives me the flexibility to do that still. 
Um, because if I'm being honest, even though I, I you know, left crew with Alexandra at the, the end of August, I've had to sell my house up north, I've had to pack, I've had to move stuff back to Swansea. So, so really, I've been, I've had a real busy period, even though I, you know, I've not been playing. Um, so for me, I think, you know, once New Year starts and, you know, I get playing part time again, then, um, you know, I'll have a really good think about what, what's next. Um, but I, I have gone down the property route. I've done a few projects with a really good mate, Danny Lalfie, who was at the Oval for a short spell, actually, who uh, we were both at Swansea um, as young lad. So I have gone down the property side, but I, you know, I, I do think I'll still go and, you know, do, do something else, you know, away from football and try something new. Um, and, you know, in years to come, if I do fancy doing my coaching badges, then, you know, that, that option will still be there. And future Yeovil manager, you think, Ben? Definitely, without question, in a heartbeat. Go. In Sign- a heartbeat. We've got you signed up already now. Sorted. To know. At least I've got a few on side already. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a little look forward to the FA Cup because we have got what can only be described as the Sean McDonald derby of sorts. Uh, Yeovil taking on Bournemouth. Bournemouth are flying high. As we record this, they're top of the championship, almost certainly going back to the Premier League. But Yeovil are pulling up a few trees in the National League as well. Sean, come on, your, your, your loyalties are split, but remember your audience here. We're in, for a, we're in for a giant killing, aren't we? Aren't we? Please? Do you know what? That's what the FA Cup is about, isn't it? And, and, and everyone says it, and it is probably the greatest cup, isn't it, in, in the world? Because, you know, you do get the lower league clubs playing against the top-end clubs who can always cause an upset. Um, and... You know, who knows, you know, that might happen on the, I think it's the 8th of January, the game, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Who knows? Um, it's one of them, isn't it? I, I always think that it's an uphill battle against somebody like Bournemouth who would absolutely fly in top of the championship. But um, as long as the Yeovil boys go into that game, you know, believing that they can get a result and, you know, anything can happen in the FA Cup, as we all know and we've all, you know, seen before. You've experienced this Terry Skivert and uh, team talk. I'm sure he can uh, fire fire up the troops, can he? Oh, yeah. I was. I it was Leeds away. Actually, I touched up on that game. Yeah. Uh, it was after that game we would lost that game, and I never forget Skivert losing his absolute rag. <laughs> um, was that the four know, As I said earlier, he is literally um, he's Mister Yeovil, isn't he? And he, he's he's somebody at the club who you know everyone should love. I'm yeah. just looking up. I'm just looking up your FA Cup record at Yeovil. Rushton and Diamonds, a one-nil win. Crikey, I'd 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 managed to lose that in the back end of my memory somewhere. But uh, yeah, crikey, what a game that was! That was, was a horrible, terrible game, Ben. Let's horrible. not let's forget about that. We game. were all, all <laughs> over the shop. So basically, Dave, I think we have got him to say that Yeovil are beating Bournemouth. He he tried to sit on the fence, but he I think we've got him. He's with us. He's with us. I think we've I'm got in a him. very lucky position. Where I'll be sporting two teams who I love. Ah, there you oh. go. You can't, whoever you can't wins, lose. Whoever wins, I'm happy. Oh, okay. He's the nicest guy in football. He's the he nicest is. guy in football. Him and Paul Warren, neck and neck. <laughs> Warren, he can have that for sure. I respect yeah. that guy too much to take over him. When let's 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 have a bit of a wrap up here because we've kept you long enough on New Year's evening. Um, when you look back on your time at Yeovil, you about three sentences in, you said signing for Yeovil on loan was one of the best things ever to happen to you is it nothing but amazing thoughts when you look back on your time at Yeovil yeah and, and listen, listen it's not just for the for, for the football it's because of the people I met like you, you mm. mentioned earlier I had a real good tight-knit bond with um, Aaron Davis oh yeah uh, Owen Tudor-Jones Gavin Williams we had that little Welsh 
clan going on there. <laughs> one spell of your, our Yeovil days. Gav was the ringleader of that clan, was he? He always is the ringleader. Yeah, and I say, yeah. <laughs> but away from the football, I was just happy as well. Do you know what I mean? And uh, and I think once once you've got an happy life away from football and you're happy in football, then, you know, everything comes together. Brilliant. What a place to finish off. Listen, Sean, I'm, I'm so, so grateful. I know the Oval fans are really, really going to be grateful when they listen to this chat. We really appreciate you giving the time to the Glovers cast. And more importantly, thank you so much for your five loan spells. Thank you for everything you did at that time, keeping us in League One. I had a great run. I know we finished 14th and 15th and 16th in League One, but some of those away days in that league were absolutely incredible to see that side giving everything against some of the big guns. And you were a huge part of that. Let's not get around that. You were a huge part of that. And I really hope that we as a club and we as a group of fans gave you a similar kind of feeling. We gave you a little something back as well, because we really appreciated you giving us absolutely everything. We really appreciate it, mate. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you giving the opportunity to speak and obviously uh, talk about my, my oval days. You know, only good times, uh, some great memories and hopefully I can get to a game soon and uh, catch up with you all. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trot, goal! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.